Welcome back to A Tales of Two Bros. I am Angel. I'm Adon. And this is our marvelous review of Eternals and Disney's Plus previews. Bum, 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 bum. Spoiler alert, just in case you have not seen it. I just came back from the theaters of watching Eternals. I would have been back a lot sooner if not for the 30 minutes of damn previews. Holy crap. Last time I've been to the movies was Venom, and I don't remember the previews being 30 to 40 minutes long. Yeah, no, it, they uh, they went ham on Holy the previews. Crap. Did they? they I, I know it's because it's, um, they anticipate this movie is going to be getting a lot of good viewings, which is kind of funny in the sense that it's not. But overall, they, they shoved so many previews into the beginning. There were so many previews, I was like, done. I just want to see the movie. Just... Give me the damn movie. Now, granted, in the whole theater, there was like, including me and Kim, another person who sat right next to us. So that's three, four other people, seven all together in a nice, you know, those comfy dine-in theaters that mm -hmm. AMC has. Granted, you know, also AMC is not our sponsor. Not yet. But anyway, it was, that's, I, I, that's one other thing. Before we go into the movies, that's one of my other, I have a lot of pet peeves. But the one where people sit right next to you and it open empty theater just like a person on a treadmill you know you're running by yourself and there's like 10 treadmills empty and a person picks one right next to you yeah i never I, understood that like this is weird i totally agree i was like why why is there a need like you have this open space but you have this need to be next to someone how lonely are you the worst is I, I if they're like that person that's like uh, they're constantly making noise or messing with their phone while they're next to you or they're talking to the screen or something like that yeah, yeah. well luckily this person next to us was chill i was talking more than <laughs> anything because of i can believe what was that. happening uh, <laughs> well because i've seen the movie i'm like Oh, I know. Right. <laughs> but anyway, so let's get back on topic here. Eternals. Off the bat. Did you like it? I'm going to go with a yes. Okay. But it's a Damn. it's a with an asterisk. I liked it as well. Now, I don't know the story of the Eternals. I don't know their history. So I took it a grain of salt and I was impressed and pleased of what I did see. You can't help with doing the comparison of like Justice League, Icarus, just like Superman, Athena, Wonder Woman. Mikari, Fastos, and she was dressed in red, mm -hmm. like the Flash. Where an Icarus is dressed in blue, like Superman. You have Fastos, that's like the Tony Stark, and not necessarily Batman, but kind of well, the engineer, uh, Mr. like uh, was, uh, Mr. Terrific. Uh, kind of the, Druid, the mind control. Uh, Druid, Druid would yeah. be closer to like maybe Martian Manhunter with the mind control abilities, right? Mm -hmm. And almost like Batman, in the sense of he was wearing black. Mm -hmm. You have Sprite. I mean, I couldn't think. I, I thought it was like, why is she named after a drink? Well, but also, I've, been, you notice, I've like, been educating myself, so I'll go into those. If you notice, like a lot of these also, the names are like what we know later down. Icarus, the, the one who's flowed too close to the sun. Mm -hmm. and, and Athena, the, the goddess of war. But you can go go ahead with that because I know some of it. And then, of course, this goes in, it falls into folklore and your okay. explanation. Uh, so for the, the comic explanation for their names... Actually comes from the the folklores and whatnot, and everybody, I'm not a like the aficionado in regards to this, so don't hold me officially to <laughs> to uh, out there. to the the facts and knowledge here. I remember them in the comics, but not as well. So I had to do some quick research uh, before I watched it, and a little bit afterwards. In the comics, they're all essentially human. 
but they were altered. The celestials came to Earth, there was humans, and they created three uh, beings, humanity, and uh, they altered their DNAs. One to be like wildly sporadic gen uh, genetics, which caused the, uh, the deviance, which the deviants will evolve, change rapidly, and so forth. And then there was the Eternals, which was like the perfect version of what humans could be. Okay. So Eternals, their job was to basically monitor humanity, but Deviants was also supposed to cause like the chaos of humanity. Is is like to cause a balance interact. Eternals' main job is to make sure Deviants don't get out of control, but Deviants kind of push humanity by causing a little bit of chaos here and there from what I gather. Otherwise, I have no idea what purpose they really have other than that in the comics. But mm -hmm. where their names came about was because you had like the Greek gods and the Roman gods and so forth like that. So the Eternals were sought and viewed as gods. And a lot of them bore uh, similarities to them. So they adopted those names and even the Greek gods in the Marvel comics allowed it to happen. Athena actually met Athena. Uh, she became the representation of Athena on Earth. And because it was just uh, so many similarities. And Athena was technically the daughter of the Eternal Supreme, uh, like Prime, who was not Ajax. In the comics, Ajax is the communicator of the Celestials and, and does communicate. But there was another, there was like a whole bunch of Eternals there. Mm -hmm. Way more than right, what you yeah. see here. And technically, they all have the same power on sets, but they specialize. So they all could do mind control. They all could lift 25 tons and so forth. But if they choose to specialize in a skill, then they become the one that's meant to control that skill. Like Cersei, she was good with matter manipulation and uh, augmentation. Druid, for example, was good with mind control. But in the comics, he could do the same thing as Cersei. Sprite actually got her name from the, the soda no from the uh from uh, the, the mythological creature that's known as a spark kind of like a fairy in the comics was the inspiration for peter pan she actually like did the little dream for the creator and whatnot and like played tricks on him and so forth it's basically a small loki is what sprite was the whole icarus name thing in the comics it's not because uh sprite gave him that name if i remember correctly that was the name of his son our icarus left on a mission but because they don't age they have a loss of time like they don't realize mm -hmm. the time difference when he came back his son had died trying to act like his father and basically mm -hmm. fell off a cliff i could be wrong everybody if, if i am correct us and give us a reference 100 percent. but he came back and he realized his adopted son had passed away so he chose to take on the name of icarus uh, okay. in Don honor of his son, son. mm-hmm now, in the comics, just to give power levels, Thena and Gilgamesh are technically the two strongest. And Thena is definitely the, the best uh, fighter uh, next to Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh was strong as hell. But I Icarus, they like souped him up so much because he's like, none of you could beat me. I'm like, uh, that's not how it works. <laughs> Almost all their nationality, like uh, some of them, they match the nationalities of what they are in the comics. And some of them, they changed their genders and nationalities, which still oh. works because in the comics, they, they live forever. Uh, they just get reincarnated every time they die. So every time they right. get re-resurrected, they actually sometimes switch things up. The only one that doesn't is Sprite, always comes back as a child. They were kind of like the Silver Surfers 
of their Galactus. Yeah, in essentially. I mean, that's what I got because they just get repurposed onto another planet once one gets when a planet gets it's a certain level of intelligence. I'm just saying. Well, the, or energy. What was the god's name? The, the Red Celestial. A, I know who you're talking about. Re, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to. I, was, I thought it was an H. Which is funny because they took that version of like how the Celestials birthed themselves from Earth X series. Yeah, it wasn't A. It was Arisham. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You're right. Arisham. Yeah. Well, he was the one that like gave birth, I guess, to the thing. And what's kind of messed up though is like I say I didn't get I didn't I didn't understand where he's like a like a Pfizer or a pharmaceutical company that creates a disease and then also creates the cure. So he created the deviants, but then he created the Eternals to fight each other. It didn't make sense to me. So the main purpose of the, in the movie now, uh, for everybody who hasn't seen it, the main purpose of the deviants was to kind of go to a, a planet that was prehistoric life, where it's not really building oh, intelligence. Oh, I got it. Yes. So they're yeah, basically right, there right, to right. take out the predator so it, the small life could grow intelligently. The intelligence, uh, the human life in this aspect mm-hmm. to become more intelligent, to adapt, to adjust to their situation. So I guess that's what it was, Deviant's word. Because I was just kind of confused at first. I was like, wait a minute. But I guess he was on a, was on a timetable, so he kind of rushed it to let that happen. Kind I of. Think. I think. He released them all amongst the universe. Uh, and really, the Celestials are powerful enough that if they wanted to, they could have just erased no i know but i guess they needed the intelligence it was kind of like i guess fuel Mm -hmm. for the next one to be born i did like this film i took it not with high expectations i was a little more enjoyable i did like the ensemble from another video that we a movie we reviewed you know my thing about recasting the same actors to do almost everything here and i think that Gemma chan why you think she was in something else for marvel Gemma Chan? Yeah, she was in Captain Marvel. She's one of the blue. She was one of the ones that were fighting Oh, Captain Marvel. We had this talk, bro. What? We forgot. She was recasted again. So I guess they, she did such a good job in that role. And then she was blue face. They said, well, you know what? We'll, we'll make you the lead in the Eternals. Which I'm like, you got to be effing kidding me. It's like, so you can paint someone. Oh, in that case, well, let me just, all right, let me just talk. Let's talk about the good first. Let's, talk about the good. <laughs> let's break now, this down because I, I like, there are some things that like, I thought there were some more slow moments than you did. Granted, the movie's like two and a half hours long. The slow parts, I wasn't bored. I get that. That's yeah. the thing. I wasn't bored. It made me, the tempo did break it down. I like the, the aspect of Fatos where he moved on because mm-hmm. he saw the, the error of their ways and that human life can't really be saved so he went to live have a family granted that you know there's some talk or controversy because he's gay and i'm like who the hell cares now i don't know if it's because he's gay a black man that is gay or he's gay and he's married to a muslim or you know it's like what is it could be any one of those or all of them right and now there's like who cares to me there's all this controversy with these superheroes are now gay blah blah it's like why is it such a big deal to certain people that these characters are gay or straight or pan or tran or mm-hmm. what have you? Are the heroes doing the right thing? Or are the villains doing the wrong thing? That's what should count, right? Good versus evil. It shouldn't matter really if the person is a catcher or a pitcher. It shouldn't matter if 
the heroes cross dress. They they do, actually do anyway when they wear the costumes. They are actually that form of dressing. It just doesn't matter. It's just sorry. Are they on the side of good or bad? Um, and, and it's also good to show that Disney, the parent company of Marvel, is being a little more open. open. <laughs> you know, they're not so tightly wound as they used to be. I love the cast. The cast was great. Did a great job. I was not thinking like, oh, they picked the wrong person for this or they picked the wrong person for that. Mm -hmm. I do have a problem with people being recasted, you know, just recycling the same actors. That I do have a problem with, but they were done right here. Do you have a favorite scene? Some of the scenes with the Celestials, the main Celestial, when, like, when they like show him and they like you see the size difference of the celestial versus the planet and the people and the mm -hmm. uh, and like they're communicating with ajak and cersei i was like wow because that's how they are in the comics they're like massive they can uh, alter their size if they wanted to but they always depict them as like being miles tall if if not bigger than a planet which makes sense mm -hmm. so it, it was kind of cool i would say if i had to pick a good scene oddly enough i didn't like the end fight scene as much as i liked uh, the earlier fight scenes like when they were protecting babylon and mm -hmm. they were introducing like their power onsets to the characters i thought right. that was kind of cool and like the the dynamic of how they were interacting with the community i thought that was really cool and like Druig's character he's like we could save these people and he just takes right. control of all of them and he's like i'm walking away so like those kind of things were uh, really interesting to me but Funny enough, it wasn't like one scene that leaped up at me. I was like, this is really cool. Although I did like the part where the, she was like, is that the uh, Ebony Blade? She goes, no, it's Excalibur. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which but makes then, sense you know, they, because they've been all over the place, really. It's not like they stuck around one area. Okay, well, I do have a little issue with that. We'll go back to that. Not the sword itself, but in a sense of, it was like some plot holes for me. Oh, no, there was definitely plot holes. Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> For me, I like when they well they find Druig again. Oh, the village, yeah, yeah the that village. was actually good, yeah. And you can see their powers again, and you see the struggle Athena's having with her. It's like a form of where, dementia. Well, not no, not not say form of dementia. She because she remembers one of her past lives. Yeah, yeah, but the way so they she describe knows, it, right? That she's losing it. It's one of her past lives coming back, reliving it. That scene was really good with you know Gilgamesh, Athena, and then Icarus, and all of them fighting doing their thing to protect the village as best they can. Angelina Jolie, gorgeous. You just look at her, you just, you just like, wow. Like her cheekbones. Granted, she's like a rail, but the way she stands and her costume, how it fits her, the way she carries herself, mm -hmm. it's like, wow, you can believe this girl can kick ass. Yeah, she carries she, herself in a way of like, she's like, I'm the Xena Reborn. Or Wonder Woman, if you will. Yeah. Granted, now, how much does she do herself in the sense of the fight choreography? It's kind of hard to tell, but you, you still believe it. Every time she's on, she just owns the scene. Even yeah. if she's not saying a word, you just drawn to her. A lot of times in the storyline, her character was one that they argued about her becoming the new prime in place. And there's been like mm -hmm. feuds going back and forth. So that makes sense to me that they would have someone to give that performance as you're describing. If she wasn't losing her mind and she said, I'm stepping up, I think they probably would have sided with her over Icarus setting aside the whole Cersei situation. Mm -hmm. Was there any parts that you like you couldn't you didn't really care for? Well, uh let's let's finish about what we liked. The, what I okay. did like, not a specific scene, was the 
how it was filmed overall. So like the, I know the director was very well known for their cinematography and everything. And for me, they did a great job. The scenery was as much a, a play of the film. Like when they were in the mm -hmm. desert, Babylon, the ocean shores, even the city at times, like in, uh, I think it was London, became a character of its own each time they were in a different right. scene. I heard that this uh, director was known for using lighting very well, natural lighting to give it like those effects. But they even use like some of the sounds. Like I remember when they were at the end scene and they're just talking and you could hear the ocean crashing as they're talking. And I'm like, right. nothing else is going on. And like, so for me, this, the sound score, the scenery, the cinematics of it overall was what kept me going with the film. Uh, the ship. Oh, yeah. I'm going to jump around. Very cool. It kind of reminded me of, of Thanos' grand ship and also the ship in... Oh, Ronin ship as well? Uh, but also, you notice that the core of it, meaning it was black with some gold lines going through, mm -hmm. almost like it was put together, similar to the house of He Who Remains. Did not notice and his that. watch. I noticed that. I don't know if it has anything to do or relates, but I saw that it had some of that in there on the outer shell, and also had the, like the little circles, like the, 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 the uniforms, stuff like that. Is there a possibility there's a relation there with he who remains, Loki, and the internals? Could be. Where they tie it in. Remember every movie, well, in phase one, two, three, well, not four yet, but one, two, and three, it was all going to one direction. Even though they were out here, it's all coming, all came together to one thing. So I'm just wondering if they're laying the eggs there as well, that possibly he remains, has some technology from there or took some technology. I mean, that's there. definitely not outside the realm because he who remains is like the guy who remains at the end of time. So he has all the future tech that no one has, including mm -hmm. a, not just on what's on earth. He has like well within the reason that he has celestial tech. In the comics, even Apocalypse, his body is made partly from celestial. His armor, like he fused mm -hmm. himself with his celestial technology. But That's I'm getting sidetracked. That's what I like about this movie because I'm like, they brought in the celestials. They didn't play it off like they weren't going to be there. I'm like, if they bring in the X-Men, that means I'm one step closer to getting a better apocalypse. <laughs> I love apocalypse. And I'm glad they're going to be a part two. I want to see Athena. I want to see, uh, not Gilgamesh because he's done. Well, he, technically he could come back. The way right, that they- the, the way they're that like they are in a way well what happens is when they die uh, in the movie they show the like the temple or the tower or like the city that they were trying to go back to spoiler is mm -hmm. one of the end credit scenes the reason why they keep getting reset is because they just kill them on the planet when a uh, celestial is born and they download their minds back into a new body and they do keep the memories there so the, he just said the main celestial just said like i just wiped them clean but really you guys could carry on your memories and that's how it works in the comics they die they resurrect using a giant machine that's how they can come back and that's also how they can come back as a new either as a male or female or different nationality so that's how come they can swap all, all, all the time and so gilgamesh could come back and he's been known he's he's been known in the comics as like the forgotten one he was a gilgamesh uh, among the avengers like west coast avengers he teamed up with like hercules and all of them so i liked him i mean i couldn't help but see him and think of wong i know they're not the same person yeah I, every time i see him i think of train to busan that's is he what, from there yeah he's in that movie Oh, there you go then. He's a big yeah, dude. I, I He's the big dude. One. And like he had an epic moment in that movie too. I know. That's a trilogy. That's part of a trilogy, isn't it? Train to Busan. Um, 
they made an animated prequel and then they made a sequel, which I don't know if it's out yet. You don't need to watch either of those. You just watch the one movie. You're good. Now, even though I did enjoy this film, mm -hmm. I found some loopholes or plot holes, if you will. One off the bat, their look. They've been on Earth for 77,000 years. They look the same. Their hairstyle is of 2021. They're before the birth of Christ. Their style, their outfits. I was like, are you... You couldn't really... They're pioneers, man. They were inventing things before everybody else had a chance. So they're like, I see this? See that curve there? That's a new thing. You want you want to use that. <laughs> I understand it, but you, but you would think like their hair, at least their hairstyle will be different. But, you know, they had the perfect sideburns, you know, perfectly parted to the side. The only one that looked messy was Sprite. Yeah. Her hair was all over, like whatever, you know, something like that, little, little nuances. And then the costumes, their outfits. Again, before the birth of Christ and people are dressed as like in rags, but these guys are dressed like in high tech. I don't know. It would have been nice to see them evolve through the times. It was just too pretty. It was just too perfect from back then to now. I can agree with that. That's just, that's just my take. Icarus has a perfect five o'clock shadow. Always. Back then and here. Well, Summer Hike did yeah. change. Her styles was the one that changed the most when she was flashing back to like the farm to one, uh, to one other. I'm not talking about the outfits though. That's like more of like the outfits, but I'm just talking about her. The face, I mean, the, the face is made up. The hair doesn't, it's not all like. Well, that's what I meant. Like, you besides Sprite, like her hair and, and her style, like was the only other mm -hmm. one that really changed. Icarus always had that five o'clock shadow. Cersei always had the hair. Like, like even when we're looking on it, Everybody, if you're looking at the, uh, this background, that's pretty much how they look throughout the entire thing, except for yeah, maybe Fastos. It, like he, they added earrings to him and like removed and put glasses on him every now and then. The hair is the same length. That doesn't get longer, get or shortened. Mm -hmm. Doesn't bother anyone else, but it was bothering me. It was like these flashbacks. They all look. It didn't change except for Fastos with the earrings, like you said, and the glasses. Yeah. Who doesn't need glasses? I guess he he just as, as a disguise. If I did like the fact that they did go and they played around with DC, calling out yes. like Superman, mm -hmm. and should I call you? You know, should I call you Clark? So they broke that barrier. We've seen it before with, with Deadpool, where Marvel and DC kind of had that little, I guess, agreement of not to bring others in. But now they're like, screw it, let's do it. Other nitpick I have is with the ship that is buried. For how many years again? Like like a thousand 70, at least. 70, like, thousand? Oh, yeah. yeah, several thousand. So how is the speedster in and out? There's food there. There's stuff found. Yeah, they don't explain if it's there's a secret passageway that they uh, that Makari was able to get in or out. Because you're right, there are more current materials and items that they had Twinkies. And chips. I was like, how is that possible? Where does that, like, there was no explanation on that and how she survived unless she's like in a, a, a Technically, they chamber, don't, they don't need to eat. It's not required for them. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, but, well, I mean, they don't explain that either. I just know that from the comics. They don't need to eat. So why is there food? They enjoy it. <laughs> right? And then how you get in and out. If, if it's buried so deep that you needed Fausto to do his Doctor Strange Kung Fu hand techniques to bring it up it's jutsu which 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 reminded me of the not of the jutsu uh, the no rise of skywalker oh okay or coming the out from out there the ice yeah i was like okay so they're doing that now that part bothered me in that sense of how to get all these artifacts in there through the time frame of seven thousand. you know before 
Christ was born till present day. Again, if you just if that was explained, that would be kind of cool. But at the same token, it's just showing that they're thieves. Oh no, they yeah they, they they established Makari was like they never established what she was trying to get like a jade tablet for. But yeah, right, they, was, they, they did uh they did tend to collect things and take things. You have any nitpicks? Yeah, I got a couple. And this is probably one of the reasons why I don't think it's going to be as popular a film as they were hoping. It didn't characterize itself like geared towards the ch uh, the, the younger audience at all. Case in point, the scene between Cersei and Icarus, where it's like a, a love scene, they were like oh. that close to kind of pushing what a love scene is and still be PG-13. Granted, it's just mm -hmm. them topless on the stones but you still see them gyrating if i was a kid and i was watching that with our parents my pa mom and dad would be like cover your eyes that's a small thing but that is one of the reasons i'm thinking to myself this is why it's not catching on like guardians did it's not hooking that younger audience they tried to with the music they did uh, but music could only do so much right but this one of the end credits i was like are you well, <laughs> we'll get to that. That's another nitpick. The other uh, nitpicks I had was how they handled some of their characters. For example, the deviant that got intelligent and was killing them. And I was, I was liking that though. Well, he's cool, right? I was like, oh, I like what they're going here with this guy. I didn't like I a did. that they killed him. Well, I did. Li I like the way he did die, though. No, that was cool. Yeah, perfect for Eternals too, though. If he lived, and I'll tell you why, because in the comics, him and Athena. Are lovers in the comic books uh it, that character's name that deviant w went by the name crow he's like one of the oldest deviants and i think he's now the deviant in like prime or whatever in charge and he can slightly shapeshift not a lot but like, he can do a little bit of shapeshifting but he's known for being intelligent he's been on again off again lovers with thena and it was like viewed as a negative thing in their community and they even bore children together so i was like oh if they kept him alive and he had and if he does have the memories of gilgamesh and they just make him his own character he would be a fantastic villain to carry on into the next movie and then she's like right. kru, 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 kru. nope i'm like okay uh <laughs> that would have been a great building of a character yes it would have been nice if he wasn't killed Druig actually is like an on again, off again villain character amongst the Eternals. He seemed like that. He seemed like that, right? But he's yeah, like he's, he's just pretty much doing his own thing. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. they they could have had him become a little bit more darker if they're going to do that. So that because they were trying to do subterfuge throughout the movie, like who's really the bad guy kind of situation throughout the whole right. thing. Those missed opportunities for me is where I was kind of having some issue with. Black Knight, Dane Whitman. I love some of the uh, references they did with him, but I, he was definitely underutilized. And oh yeah, as I like, and I'm not the biggest Kit Harrington fan. No offense. I definitely wanted to see more of him, and I wanted to see like what his character would do and bring to the table. And like uh, they did not utilize him at all. Especially that scene where Crow yeah comes. And he's just like a regular guy. They go up the bridge, Sprite and Cersei, like no problem. And then he tries, he's like, oh, I'll just take the stairs. It would have been nice that to show that though. he has some, <laughs> it was, but it would have been nice to show that he has some athleticism, that he was not totally useless, that he had like training there. Cause he was leading to it when he was about to tell Cersei's, my family has a history. When right, they talk about his useless. uncle, patching up his uh, past with his uncle, the ring, and then the, the reference about Excalibur and the Ebony Blade. 
those are all sprinkled in for geeks like us, but for the ongoers, they don't know. That also begs the question because, like in the comics, that uh, him and Cersei do have a very ongoing, long relationship, but albeit mm-hmm. not intentional. Like at one point, it was kind of like forced upon them to have like a kind of marriage between the two of them. Mm-hmm. It was to keep her from having that dementia madness that Thena went through. But in the comics, um, it's different reasoning. Oh, I will say I, one thing I did like. I, I was a fan of Kingu uh, by Kamal. Uh, and his uh, sidekick, uh, oh, yeah. Karun. I love the dyma- dynamic between those two. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It, it made me laugh every time. It was kind of off about like him doing like energy blasts with like guns. One of them, I, I said to Kim, show you can. Yeah, he did do he that. Did he, the, he, he did. He did this. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he, he did the, <laughs> the fireball. That sh- <laughs> so I was like, well, he did some Street Fighter right there. The funny thing is uh, yeah. Kengu in the comics is more samurai style. Like Gilgamesh and Thena to go more physical with his abilities and go the way of the samurai and his ethics and how he fights. When I first learned about him and I, I'm like, Oh, that'd be cool if they did him with like the scimitar blades. And he's like fighting, like he forms a scimitar out of his energy. And it's like, he's fighting like that, but you know, mm-hmm. I'll give him the guns. I'm like, that's cool. They probably asked him. He's like, wait, how do you want to do it? It's just easier to shoot than learn how to use a sword, I guess. Which is fine. I mean, he still was one of the best. Yeah. He right. was on my top half. Yeah. He's like the only one I, who got, severely jacked for this role who was never shirtless that's true his jawline <laughs> cut through ice dude, though dude <laughs> i remember him before he took this role that his face used to be round yeah since he took the role i don't know i'll say this allegedly i heard that a lot of the actors took some enhancements to help get them to their physique if it's true or not i don't know i mean having but a 24 7 uh trainer and like dietitian that's an enhancement i do like the fact that they, they explained why they didn't interfere with thanos and all the stuff that avengers went through they were they were told not to they had they had a mission yeah at first i was confused because they're like waiting for to be told what to do and then they wake up and they're like hi i'm icarus oh hi i'm cersei like, wait a minute, you guys were just sitting next to each other. You were just there. <laughs> you, were, you were just sitting next to each other. So it, it, it just shows that what you don't get right away, they do explain. They don't dump the exposition right off the bat like a lot of films do. Right. You figure out that they're just there to, they're reawokened. Exactly. To serve their new purpose. Yeah. And the only one that was really aware from the get-go was Ajax. And then... Icarus found out. Well, uh, right. because, because Ajax told him. Ajax, exactly. And then and, and his thing was, you know, why he left Cersei's because he, he loved her so much, but he was... He was conflicted. Stand, well, he couldn't stand love living a lie or lying to her. Let's go into the end credits. We have two of them. After the first one, I text you because I was excited and highly pissed at the same time. He was. He sent me a text and I go, so you sat there to both of them? He's like, shut your mouth. I haven't seen the others. <laughs> I was like, shush. Okay, so we're introduced to new characters. Yes. And I was hearing the voice of... Uh, Patton Oswalt. Get me pissed off with that one. That's because it, it hits the same thing that Angel talks about all the time, reusing the same actors. And he's like, he is definitely like in almost all the Mar- Marvel franchises now. Like he he's definitely Dude, in he is, everything. He's in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He just did the MODOK hulu show mm-hmm. he's done other he was in blade three and now in this is pip i was like why i was like i know he's a superhero geek he was in big he's hero Marvel, six he's, the movie or the show the show that came out in 2018 and they're coming out with a new one yeah we'll, we'll get to that so i was just like 
are we why i mean i i i do adore him i think he's he's great but why is he again in another marvel franchise i mean it's one thing that you can hide your voice or disguise your voice do a different thing mm -hmm. but he's just playing the same voice yeah i mean since it's yeah. pip though they may have him as more of a recurring character so that well, i understand that, that could cap the thing him is, coming back as everybody else but maybe not because he'll probably there'll probably be another season of modok but again <laughs> It's the same voice. It's nothing different. Uh, and then Pip introduces Star Fox, which I was excited for. And then I was like, Harry Styles, who did he sleep with to get that role? The reason why I say that is because you have this movie with exceptional actors. They pay their dues to get these roles. Harry, he has a freaking Marvel role. It just me off. Well, here's the thing, but it kind of makes sense though. When you look at Eros, you know, Star Fox character in the comics, yeah, he's a, a sex symbol. He's a playboy. He is definitely like a guy who just wants to go there, party, have fun. He was in Dunkirk. Yeah, yeah. He did one movie, one movie. It was a that was film. it. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. But yeah. I'm just saying, one movie, and he's now locked in in a freaking MCU. And, uh, well, you know, that One Direction has a strong power, man. Hear, hear me out. So, like, the fact that he was in that One Direction, he's he's very popular. He's very loved by genders across the uh, world. There's a lot of girls that are still fandom over him that was eros eros wasn't like a celebrity singer but he was that guy who's like i'm a hero i'm this guy i will show up and like let's party let's have fun because he had those pheromones that will come out and he would attract people to him and he now, was see, to like me a, like a playboy to me thomas brody's sangster would have been a perfect one he was mm -hmm. in love actuality the queen's gambit he was the cowboy chess player he would have been a better and he's seasoned that's the thing for me, seasoned actor, where all these other people were seasoned actors. Sprite, I don't know how many, much more, but she must have more roles than Harry Styles. I can see what you mean by oh, Thomas just, Brody. Let's go into the second one. Oh, but before we go to the second end credit, how is he brother of Thanos again? Fun fact, the Eternals, they start out on Earth, but then they had a civil war. They split. So one group of Eternals decided, like, we don't want this. We're going to go to Titan. Then they had another civil war, <laughs> which pretty much decimated uh, Eternal community there. For the most part, there was a, another dispute between the Eternals here on Earth. They have a lot of infeuding. The two primes, they were brothers. They separated. So one of them believed in staying to the true to what the Celestials believed. The other believed that Eternals will die off unless they can learn to procreate because they don't breed like they can't make more Eternals. They can breed regular beings, but they can't make more. So they, uh, he goes to Titan, meets one of the survivors of Titan, and they ended up having children together. There was a whole thing as to how they ended up having children. They had to kind of make a deal with a like a Eternal God kind of situation. Mm -hmm. He told them, you're going to have kids, but there'll be a price. They had two children, which was Thanos and Eros. But Thanos was born with the deviant gene from the get-go that started the cycle that was where the price came into play because basically you'll have two kids but one of them's going to be deformed kind of like twins they, they're essentially like, like twins but thanos is technically the older brother yeah i think he is the older brother but he is definitely more powerful than a lot of the other eternals as well as eros because of his uh deviant genetics augmented his abilities as an eternal to be even more powerful is eros an internal 
Yeah, but they they, they consider themselves to be titans just because of where they grew up. It's kind of like uh, us, like we're both Puerto Rican, but, wait a minute, but, but like but wait a minute. people will consider us American versus like being born in Puerto Rico. Kind of like that. Right. But if he's an eternal, then he's like a robot. Like Cersei's and Icarus. They, well, and Gilgamesh. The way they did it in Celestial, right? the Celestial thing is they kind of make it sound like they are machines, but they're not. They're like, think of they're them like more clones. like, yeah, bio machines biological organisms but they're built to function a certain way so they're manufactured right but what i'm saying is is like if eros is an eternal then he's also been he was actually birthed the natural way think of jurassic park you know when they made the dinosaurs the dinosaurs weren't supposed to breed but all of a sudden they find eggs that are incubated in the wild mm -hmm. that's what mm -hmm. happened they are the incubated eggs thanos and eros where everybody else can't bear children they were the rare they're ones. Not, not, they're not incubated. They're just, they're not incubated because incubated means a, like, a, like a, a tank or something. But you know what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, but I'm just saying they're not incubated. They're just born naturally. Yeah, they were born naturally where the others were not. Yeah. But either way, just, he's still the brother of the Mad Titan. Now the second end credit, that one I got excited for because I said, it's finally about to happen that we see the Black Knight. Oh, and I did his... like what they did with the sword. That was actually kind of cool. Oh, I did too. It was cool. It was very cool. Um, it was so subtle, but I was like, oh. The blade is... Basically, uh, for those who don't know, we're talking about the Ebony Blade. And the Ebony Blade is like the answer to Excalibur. Because at one point, Arthur loses the sword. So Merlin makes another sword out of a meteorite, if I remember correctly. And he bestows it to the Black Knight of Arthur's court, who was actually working with Arthur. So he wasn't a bad guy. But as a way to kind of control who wields it, the sword will get more powerful as a fight, but also induces more bloodlust. So it kind of ends up corrupting the wielder. Is this similar to Katana, her sword? Her sword swallows their souls. Right, but is it also the same thing where she uses it, drives the bloodlust with her, for her as well? Am I that wrong I don't. That? I, see, you would know that better than me. Actually, I I, I knew less about DC than I, I do Marvel. I would have to double check on that. But basically, the the part that I liked that was cool was like how he moves his hand. He doesn't touch the blade, but like the blade almost like reaches out to him. Right. And the really cool thing kinda about like, the blade is like, like it can cut through anything literally like right. anything because of it's magically mm -hmm. imbued so it makes it extremely deadly sword kind of like how like the symbiont yes for its there's host. a there is a technical symbiotic relationship between it and its host because it also keeps them alive there's a point in the comic book where the black knight gets sent back in time and he literally stays alive through centuries because he's continuing to wield the sword. As long as he's the owner of the sword, he can summon it to him like Thor's hammer. It has a lot of different abilities. And he's actually one of the longest running Avengers that everybody forgets about. Was he really an Avenger? Because I thought he was kind of like not officially an Avenger. Oh, he was, no. The, he had yeah. a, a series of, when he, they first introduced him, he was not official. And then he became official. It's just that he was always overshadowed, in all mm -hmm. honesty. And then he left, and then he came back. But he was always—he's been an adventure for—he's the one of the longest running, ongoing running members. Now we heard a voice. Yes. And I told you who I thought it was. You're like, nope. Yep. And that pissed me off too. A couple things. <laughs> I thought it was the Watcher, which would make perfect sense. Fair. But you said it was Blade. It was confirmed. The yeah, confirmed but it, it just—it makes no sense still at the same time because he just showed up in the room. 
hello, the room was closed, what have you, and he's walking back and forth. He doesn't see him there. Blade just shows up magically. I mean, that's what Blade does, though. He goes through walls? If uh, Nick Fury can do it. In a room that no one has, do- no door has opened, and he just shows up. Now, the Watcher, he could just phase in, no problem, to warn him who he shouldn't, but he does. He breaks that, again, that commitment or that oath. I just can't see it. Only I can see that it is Blade is because they're getting ready for the next installment, which yes. will be probably Blade. I just like it thinking that it is the Watcher. Even though you told me it's not, okay, fine. I just like it that way because it to me, it makes more sense. And it's just too on the nose if it is Blade. He's pick, he's about to pick up a Blade, and then you hear the actor playing Blade. It was just like on the nose, too much. Let's give our final review on this. Is this one to own? Multi-watch? I'll be comfortable with this on Clarence. Okay. I can do that with also Clarence. That sounds fair. All right. So now, Disney Plus had a day, more like a weekend. Disney Plus had their own special announcements they talked about pixar um some star wars but also marvel so let's get to that oh okay did you get a chance to catch disney plus day uh, no i didn't watch it live but i did watch the, oh, no, the trailer it's not, it's not uh, dc heather dc fandom which mm-hmm. was live which you caught on youtube and other platforms but i think it was strictly on youtube where disney plus they just made announcements and placed it on their streaming service. The release of Shang-Chi, they put it on there. They also put the behind the scenes of Shang-Chi. Then they made announcements like for Disney, Pixar related stuff. Oh, Jungle Book also came out on the 12th. Really? Okay. Yeah. Didn't know about that. So you can watch that as well. You can, Then they had some shorts from luca and you have the one from frozen the the snowman and then they and then they had a little announcement with star wars with obi-wan and then they did a little like 14 minute announcement with what to expect with marvel be the mcu and on disney plus mm-hmm. it's pretty much on disney plus but also of course to be related to the mcu everything is all related to it did you catch that the 14 minute I got to see the trailers of uh, some of their stuff. So, like, I saw... That's pretty much what it was. Yeah, but I didn't watch it as the show. I saw, like, individualized. I saw Marvel Studios' uh, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, Baymax, which I count as Marvel. It's not, but it was done in the Marvel... Well, Big Hero 6 is a Marvel uh, series. Right, but it's not MCU. No, correct. It's just not MCU. I saw Captain Marvel, and I saw the Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion trailer? There's a clip. They show, like, a old clip? Nick... It, well, it's a teaser. It's a teaser, to be precise. It, they yeah, show, like, old say, Nick Fury. What I'm saying is, like, I saw that, too. I was like, oh, yeah, it was with, the, with the eye patch off and the scratch mm-hmm. and the gray beard. Okay, for me, what I saw was, like, a lengthy trailer for Hawkeye. It was more like a scene from the show. Didn't really care for that because I'm going to watch it anyway. So I didn't really wasn't too excited to watch another trailer or extended clip. I did catch She-Hulk. See, now that I'm confused because Mark Ruffalo, we see him as Smart Hawk. We didn't see some Smart Let's call him in Professor. Shang-Chi. Banner. The funny thing is a lot of people say that's actually an editing mistake. Like Mark Ruffalo didn't want to get in the outfit and it was like last minute to have him in this, uh, the end credit scene. So people were like... We had this talk. Oh, yeah. I, I told you I told you this. And it's been a while. Now, confirmed or not, I wasn't sure, but... I've heard okay. other people... Uh, like I, I'm going with it's not 100%, but 
that kind of goes with what we were saying and makes sense timeline wise mm-hmm. in regards to this. Unless they're saying that she was around before the Senshi moment. So unless we see that happen. Was his arm in a sling? I can't remember. I didn't see his arm in a sling. So, he, so it, it could have been before Endgame. That's a possibility too. What I didn't like about this presentation is that they went through all the previous television of WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. Loki. I understand because it's all connected. Yeah, because they're, uh, like, they're like branch offs. But I wanted to see trailers. I wanted to see actual scenes of the new shows to get me more excited. They spent like 10 minutes of the past shows, more like eight minutes because of the Hawkeye scene. And mm-hmm. I didn't really get that excited. I mean, I saw the Moon Knight one. The Moon Knight was awesome. Oscar playing that role. I was a big Moon Knight fan. Even though I was confused a lot of times because the character itself deals with multi personality disorder. True. But just the you know the simplistic simplicity of the costume that is you know was white. It was just a total contrast of Batman who was always in dark clothes or blue and gray. But he it is was like essentially Marvel's Batman, but a little more deranged. Yes, because he'll go into a different character. He'll be the he'll be the millionaire playboy. He'll be the the bum. He'll be the taxi driver. He'll just go into different personas. But the only thing that remains was the character of Moon Knight. I would love to see how Oscar does with this role. She-Hulk looks a lot better than I anticipated. Captain Marvel. I am excited about that. That Captain Marvel. Sorry, Miss Marvel. Which I like what they showed there. They showed a little bit of that that she was influenced by Captain Marvel because she wears the costume like for Halloween, something like that. Scroll evasion. I'm kind of... Well, they didn't really show anything, so I'm not really, I'm not really. What about you? Like, what are you excited about? Honestly, I the She-Hulk one got me really. I was always a big She-Hulk fan, so the fact that like they, they it looks like they're gonna do, yeah, it looks like it's gonna do well. I'm intrigued about Agatha Harkness, uh, the uh, House of Harkness. I thought that got put to the shelf. Apparently, is on board. The Ms. Marvel. Correct me if I'm wrong. That looks like to be a show. Yes. Because the, the movie's Marvels. I think what it was going to do is going to introduce... Spin off to right. the show. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you have Ms. Marvel. You have Phantom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moon Knight definitely got my intrigue. And I got into Moon Knight because of my brother, too. I followed that character even less. As like I was like so confused just trying to read it. He was still a very cool character. Confusing for me to follow. I had no right. starting point. Echo, I know for a fact that's going to be a spinoff of a Hawkeye because she's supposed to be introduced in there. Which is weird up with Echo because she originated from a Dare, from Daredevil. Mm-hmm. She was a lover of Matt Murdock. Could be wrong, but I think they fought each other without realizing who each other was until like maybe a kiss or a fighting style movement that Echo realized it's the same person or Daredevil realized it was the same person. It was kind of like that kind of thing because uh, she's deaf. But, Where you know, Daredevil had many moments like that. Like that same happened with him and Typo and Mary. Right. He's, he's bad with picking the proper ladies. <laughs> Ironheart going to be interesting to me because that's playing off of Iron Man. And that's supposed to deal with Iron Man, you know, like the hollow Iron Man, hollow Tony Stark. The what? I call it the hollow is the AI version of Tony Stark. Talking about Iron Man, you have also uh, the Armor Wars with Rhodey. Mm-hmm. That I'm excited about because that's going to be live action. You said Marvel Zombies, which is which we saw from the first season of What If. Yep. So I'm interested in seeing what they're going to do with that. Season two has been announced for What If, as well as season two for Loki. I was not surprised about Loki, though. I was like, well, we knew about that at the end of season one. Yeah. They made that announcement. 
Then they're doing like a Christmas special with I Am Groot, or they're doing another spinoff with I Am Groot, which I it's guess is more for the kids. Uh, another one which I thought was going to be cool is there's two animations. Yes. Also coming. One of them I'm super psyched for. The other one I'm kind of excited for, the freshman year, which I'm not really, but Spider-Man mm-hmm. in freshman year. Is it really needed? I don't know. That's a but to be. X-Men 97. Oh my God, They're yes. bringing back the majority of the original cast of the Fox series X-Men. That's a risky just, play, though. That's so risky. How so? So the original X-Men series, for those of you who have not seen it, get yourself a Disney Plus membership. Just binge watch it over the weekend. It's good. Uh, it it's like, like three seasons? Five. Three seasons? So um, five seasons. the first four seasons were done like by Canadian crew and whatnot. And then they uh, sent out their animation for like the fifth season to like Vietnam or someplace like that. It was some over overseas. They went to a third party company. And it was around that time when they started doing like the end credit uh, scene that was Japanese animation. They just threw that in there. And it was around that fifth season where you were seeing that and we're like, where's this coming from? But basically the storyline from seasons one through four were fantastic. I just want the original music back. It was a simple music score. No, I know, but they may change it. You know yeah. what I mean? I just wonder if they're going to keep the same art style. It's funny to me because the animation, when you look back to it, the art style looks great, but the animation wasn't that smooth. No, it was very blocky, very stiff, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Is it going to be a continuation from the last season? I would be surprised if they're going to do X-Men 97. How can they not be a continuation? We don't know because it's anything. a huge time jump. Well, they're going to keep it in the 90s, obviously. Really? Why would they call it X-Men 97? Well, I mean, it's like we're just referencing the, that series. This is all official like Fox jump because Disney Plus has the X-Men movies and Fantastic Four, all of them mm-hmm. from those originally owned by Fox. Now, this is the first Disney production of X-Men since its merger, or the buy, the buy, uh, the outbuy. Is it a merger? It's a merger, right? Uh, no, the, uh, it was a buyout. Uh, Fox didn't merge. With, yeah, they bought those titles and franchises the, from Fox. Now, will they ruin it or do it justice? We have yet to see. Again, we just got announcements. We didn't get any kind of feedback or any kind of feed, which I'm disappointed about. The only thing I'm excited about or we got from Mr. Moon Knight, Mr. She-Hawk. I really don't care about the zombies ones, really, to tell you the truth, even though it is a fan fave for many. It all depends how they do it. But if it's going to be... I mean, I enjoyed the what they did on What If. I, like, oh, okay. I wanted more. That's what the way they left it off. It made me want more of this. For me, I, I got my fill. I was like, all right. I'm just really excited to see where everything relates because we have the we're Loki with the multiverse. We, we I understand we're gonna get the one with with Far From Home and we're gonna get it with Doctor Strange's movie. But how does everything else relate? How is it all connected? Because that's what's so great about the. The, the phase one, two, and three, that they were all connected. They all got that connection down mm-hmm. the line. So I'm just excited how they're going to do it here. Because right now with Shang-Chi, with the internals, Black Widow, well, Black Widow's a different time frame. Well, they brought it into the current time. Like, is it going to be split off into multiverse, uh, multiverse or secret evasion? Because you have two storylines going now. You have this secret evasion line and you have the multiverse line. True. Oh, and then you get to have whatever storyline that starts with Blade. But I mean, oh, if okay. it was Blade, uh, it, that could lead into like Midnight Suns and the Supernatural because that would be cool if Blade goes into like you see his character involved with Moon Knight. That would be awesome because Moon Knight was part of the Marvel Knights, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, so it's no, the Punisher. Was. Mm-hmm. And I think Daredevil at one time. Yeah. Ghost Rider was definitely. 
And Daredevil will be in the Spider-Man movie. Are you sure? The guy who plays Matt Murdock. Are you sure? That's the rumor. Are you sure? Uh, like my sources that I talked to, they're pretty confident. I won't mind because no, because they were saying that before on it from a video clip, and then an IMAX version of that clip showed that it was not him; it was a regular cop. But I was hearing about it before that. It will be a welcomed addition. entry, yeah, or addition. Because he's he's great. He's great. He's got an award from the Blind Society because he, he went does it so, so right. into it. Yeah. They said he get he gets it how it is to be blind. And I was like, wow. All right. Well, I mean, nothing really much to say about Disney Plus, except for it just gave us a lot of hoopla. Um, the <laughs> Obi-Wan, you know, they didn't show nothing about the Obi-Wan series. They just talked about it. Like what could happen. They're excited about the, yeah, the book I of mean, Boba Fett. We got some the stuff book of Boba for their Fett, other franchises that they do. Like the Book of Boba Fett, like you were saying. Well, that was cool about the Book of Boba Fett one. They gave the history of Boba Fett and how he became a fan favorite. And then it led into the the, the upcoming series. Mm-hmm. That was kind of cool. Overall, I didn't get excited for this as I did for DC Fandom. Well, yeah, because they had DC... more trailers, to be honest. DC Fandom had more right. visual aids to help get us hyped up. Right. I'm a huge Willow fan. I love that movie. It's oh, that's my, right. It's one of my favorite right. fantasy films, if not the favorite fantasy film for me. And they had right. the original actor who played Willow, but there was no scenes mm-hmm. or anything. He's just like talking over the cast and they were just doing this bit about like who's who, how to right. say Matt, um, Matt, Matt, uh, Matt Garrigan, Mad Mad Mark. Oh my, now I'm the one that can't say it. <laughs> Val Kilmer's character. <laughs> you know, that was also done by George Lucas, directed by Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. Which I forgot. I thought it was for some reason I thought it was Steven Spielberg, but that was from that's Raiders of the Lost Arks. I am excited because that I, that was also one of mine favorite too. Even though it got shitted on by many critics, I guess they were trying to get think it was some, like the next Star Wars, whatever. And I was like, it doesn't have to be. It was just fun. It was his own standalone thing. It was, you know what? Before everything popped off, I was still hanging out with some of my friends, friends that never seen the movie Willow. So I was like, I oh, sat them wow. down and I made them watch it. And it was funny, like, at first they were talking and everything, but by the time the movie was on, because it's, like, two hours long, like, they were just sitting there watching the entire thing, like, dead silent. And mm-hmm. it finished, and they're like, wow, that is surprisingly, like, super really, like, they're like, when did this come out? I'm like, before you all were born. <laughs> it is a good film. It is done well. I mean, I got to rewatch it again, because I used to watch it. They got it on Disney Plus, for sure. And it's no, like, I know. it's at 1080p, I want to say. But I, yeah. I feel like I want to find it on 4K because it still looks good. There's some parts that are like you don't t- uh, stand a test, but like mm-hmm. it's a, the graphics though. It's just yeah, the graphics the of it. Yeah, but, but it still me, looks so good. No, I bet the you story know, is what carries it. It's like Star Wars and like Lord of the Rings had a love child. That's what pretty much what it because it, it talks about yeah, like a chosen Valky- child bringing mm-hmm. balance. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of similarities to those two. I forgot about Willow's coming out with a series. So um, thank you for reminding me. But anyway, but that was pretty much it. I mean, and title alone really does, like, I didn't get no animation for X-Men 97, but just hearing that, I get excited for that. I don't know. I wasn't that much of a fan. I guess my age time when I was, when in 97, I was The show came out before college. 97. It, it was like 94 right, when right. it first aired. One original, like, not the original, but last remaining, like, Saturday morning cartoons. True. And you got to also remember when it was out, it was also competing against other cartoons that were very highly... That was a good decade for cartoons. Yeah. Batman, the animated series, was out. But it was, on the, it was on the same show. It was on the same channel. Yes, but as far as popularity, people were more into Batman, the animated series. 
than they were into X-Men. But was it X-Men on Saturday and Batman was on Monday through Friday? Not at first. No, it was like a weekly thing. Batman? Yeah. And then it became uh, like a daily thing. I don't know. I'm I'm going by memory now. But the same thing could be said about Spider-Man. Spider-Man was also beating around that time. The animated series with Spider-Man. That was on the weekends also. It was not on on the weekday. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't really competing with each other if they're on the same channel. What I mean by competing is like they're on the same channel, but you're you're fighting for like who's most recognized, who's getting the most views, who's getting most awards. They ended up comparing mm-hmm. those three a lot. As far as rankings, a lot of critics and uh, viewers would put Batman first. And then it was always like between Spider-Man and X-Men. From my memory. To me, Spider-Man was not as good as the X-Men. Spider-Man was cool, though, in the sense that that was the first one that really had the multiverse. Spider-Man crossed over well, they, into, like, Fantastic yeah, Four, they, X-Men. They try, they, yeah, but they tried. They, they tried all these things to get viewership. They tried the Spider-Man 2019, 20, 2099. They tried the one with the multiverse aspect. Oh, no. I'm talking about in the original Spider-Man animated series. In the actual storyline, they crossed over into, like, the actual X-Men series. And they crossed over into the Fantastic series that was ongoing. So they did have those characters bleed over. All right. Now, now I got to watch that now, now, now one. I don't remember at all. At that time, you were home and I was doing track meets. This is so true. There was a 12-year gap between us. But X-Men yeah. did have some really good stories. And they had some crossovers. But X-Men was very much standalone. I got some homework to do. Yes. The the season five <laughs> is a know? weird one, though. I like, like you said, there's a lot of names being thrown out. And right now, they're, I'm iffy about it. Until I get to see more clips. Like I, I've mm-hmm. been excited and not excited for the She-Hulk one since day one. And I was excited about it because of the fact that I grew up with She-Hulk. A huge fan of sensational She-Hulk. And the fact that they are saying like, she's going to be going from it as being an attorney, a lawyer. That makes sense. That Like that's how she was in the comics. So the fact oh, that yeah. they kind of referenced that. Referenced her back in the 70s or 60s. Mm-hmm. She's like you won't like me when I'm angry kind of situation. That part I did like. <laughs> when they did that, and he was he was standing the same way that Bill Bixby was standing, mm-hmm. and wearing the same outfit in the sense of the the denim shirt and the jeans, and she was dressed like the reporter. He had the permed out hair. And the thing is that she was saying Banner's line to the reporter. It was just funny that way. I saw that the flashback they did there, and I like. But yeah, she was talking to the camera instead of the. It looked like a commercial. So, all right, listen, I had to get to bed. Um, <laughs> yes, guys, thank you so much for joining us today on watching our marvelous review of Eternals and Disney Plus Day. If you like, what are you doing? If... Disney Plus, right there. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, gotcha. If anything to comment, please do so. Again, make sure you hit the subscribe and like button. Until next time, we'll be the next time. I'm Angel. I'm Adon. Love you, bro. Love you too.